A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Today, I am joined by a lady from the United States of America, Mary Pagano. Mary is a board advisor for an organization called Hera, and she is also the CEO of Hera Media Group. Mary, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I can't wait for this conversation. (laughs) And just let's start it off on a humorous note, listeners, because I actually wanted to say welcome, mom. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know where that came from, <laughs> other than that spontaneity. As you can tell, listeners, it's going to be one of those episodes because Mary and I actually haven't got a clue what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and I've said this so many times, you know, isn't that indicative of life, though? You know, why do we always need or think we need an agenda, an itemized itinerary, you know, this, that or the other? Mary, where do we even start with this very, very loose conversation? (laughs) Well, you know, I think this is really, really cool because everything in your life is so scheduled. I mean, we are like programmed to be productive, you know, and there's this, I mean, I, even in my, in my senior years here, if I lay down and take a nap, I can hear my mother's footsteps coming up the steps. Like, what are you doing? Right. And there's real power in the power of now, right? Like just be right now, this moment and talk about whatever that we want to with no agenda, no, you know, nothing that we have to accomplish. And there's real, there's real joy in that. I mean, we're on this planet to live. I mean, nobody said we had to come down here and be productive every day. Mm. Is it fair to say, Mary, listening to you say that, that we're actually born for the love of humanity? Yeah, we are. I mean, you know, I, when I was a child, all I kept thinking about was hurry up and eat dinner so I could play. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really, I feel like I'm on this planet to play and I got sidetracked with work. I got sidetracked with, you know, some things that really weren't that important, but I think play and and joy, right. Just being happy and having fun Mm -hmm. is all we really want to do. And somewhere along the line, we've got this, like, I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, it's like, no, you don't have to do that. You know, you really don't. And there's, I mean, you can do a minimum of things to, you know, sustain yourself so you can put food on the table and things of that nature, but don't get so wrapped up in it, you know, because really, I mean, it's, we came down here to have a good time and uh, you know, I mean, we're all related at the end of the day, we're all siblings in humanity. You know, we really are. Absolutely. Um, what, what was kind of going through my mind, Mary, is you, yet again, as you were saying, that was um, I have quite a lot of relationship focused conversations. And, you know, oftentimes that old kind of go into what that label uh, is known as romantic. And somebody said to me, oh, I don't know, two or three months ago. So how would you approach a date then, Paul, your first date? And I said, mm, it's very easy. I said, there's two things that are very, very paramount in my mind. The first one is the question I would ask. And it's probably the most unromantic question you could ever imagine, because I'd say to her, 
what's your vision for the future? It's like where we are, we're, you know, <laughs> the proverbial candle at dinner, staring into, into each other's eyes across the table. And by the way, what's your vision for the future? But the other one, so that would be the question, Mary, but the other one would be, do you, it's raining outside. Do you fancy going and jumping up and down in a puddle? Let's yeah. just jump up and down in a puggle. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I've been known to do that. Um, I think when it's raining outside, I love it. I mean, I mm. actually have, you know, that Calm app and I have it play rain when I go to sleep at night because it just feels so cozy. But I do, I love to go out and, and play in the rain, always have. Um, and when it comes to relationships, like the question you asked, like, where do you see our future? I don't think you can even kind of have that discussion, quite frankly, because you know, nobody knows, right? And I think more than anything, um, we all want to have great relationships with, you know, human beings, with our family, with our friends. Mm. And to try to make it something that it's not, you can't do it, right? It just doesn't work out. It doesn't work out for either party. I think to some extent, you have to work on the relationship every day. And, um, and I think being good friends is the most important. Um, and, um, and you see where that takes you. But um, they may be a lover or they may be a best friend for life. So you just, you know, it, you can't go in there thinking this is what I want out of the relationship, right? Because it doesn't work that way because the other party, you know, may not feel that way about it. So mm. um, I think what you can do, though, Mary, uh, not just in the context of, you know, this thread we're on now, inverted commas, romantic relationships or relationships of any, you know, to create a business partnership or whatever the dynamic. I think what you can do is set strong intentions that that is the kind of path that I would like to go down. Um, and I picked this up from Louise A on one of her sort of tapes uh, or, or, yeah, from one of her recordings or oh, probably two or three years ago now. And she actually was talking about, you know, romantic partnerships where, you, you know, you might sort of... Uh, really fancy someone but you don't name him or her what you do is say the qualities that attract me to that person which are x or y or z i would i would desire that in my next partner and it's actually sort of you know almost creating a tick list or a bucket list of this is how i would like him or her to be and the fact that coincidentally it may actually be that person that you really do fancy is actually in a world of no coincidences, coincidental. Any thoughts around that, Mary? Well, so I've been married before for 18 years. And, um, and I can tell you, I didn't do very well at it. Um, and I, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, uh, he wasn't, you know, uh, an evil person. Um, but, you know, there was just really no respect. Um, and I, I think um, uh, I really enjoy my freedom now that when I talk about, you know, my wish list, my, you know, things that I want to do or things that are important to me, a relationship never comes up. And I mm. think because I've been there and done that and now, and I, I sacrifice so much of who I was, I was basically, you know, uh, I was basically an asset to the relationship. I wasn't, I, I didn't have any dreams. I didn't have any, you know, I just kind of sustained quite frankly. And so now that I'm on my own and I'm single, I am, I enjoy my freedom so much 
I get to meet so many people. I get to travel all over the world. I get to, and of course, my focus is to help women and children make an impact on their lives all over the world. To me, that was a goal I made in 2000, after my divorce, actually. And um, and I'm finally at that point where I can do it. Um, you know, years prior, I was slogging away, just trying to keep, you know, food on my table and, you know, a roof over my head. So, but now I'm in that space where I can, you know, really give service in a big way. And I'm really excited about it, but I've, I've never, I've not never pandered for, um, for an intimate relationship. Mm. Um, I mean, I feel like I have a lot of great friends around the world and people, you know, and I have intimate relationships with all of them, but as far as, you know, having a living partner or, it's just, it's not in my cards today. It's just, it's not anything that I ever think about or ask for. I can't say that it won't happen, but I mean, I, I have dreams that I really want to chase and uh, you know, I, the time is now <laughs> and especially mm. the world, the shape of the world that we're in. Right. I mean, it's like they're rolling back, you know, so much progress and it's, you know, I'm, I feel bad for the young women today. I mean, what they're going to be left with. And I, you know, I'm, I'm horrified. I'm horrified. Mm. You know, they just, I just saw an article the other day that they killed all these little girls in Afghan school, just going to school and get an education and they died. Right. Mm. So this is the world that we have to change. And I think education is a huge piece of it. So I'm going to do whatever I can to make a dent before I slide into home plate. Okay. Before we um, we build on that very poignant uh, thread, Mary, just hold that thought because it's a very, very, very significant and deep one. I want to bring in the, the light of women um, and, you know, reinforce that born for the love of humanity and in the, you know, the practical, the horrific context that you've just, um, just outlined there. But just hold that thought, as I say, I just want to finish off the thread of somehow we ended up on this kind of relationship generally, and then it ended up in the kind of romantic. By the way, listeners, I don't actually believe the word romantic. It's a label. It's a frame. I, I don't. For me personally, I feel when you've got love as an individual within you, that self-love that, that comes from within you, it transcends all labels and all boundaries. Um, so that's my, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong. That's what squares my world. But well, I think it is right. I will say that, you know, self-love is the biggest love that you could ever have on the, in the world and the most unconditional love. And <clears throat> I also think you can get a lot of unconditional love from pets, mm. but it's really hard to get it from another human being. <coughs> it is, it's really hard. So just to finish off this, uh, how we've kind of uh, coincidentally not ended up on the dance floor on this this uh, this subject, this thread, call it what you will of. And I will use the word for simple communication, romantic. What's your thoughts, Mary, around these terms, these labels of life partner, soulmate, twin flame? Any thoughts? Because I hear so much contradictory, uh, well, opposing or polarized views around what those three terms actually mean. What, what do they mean in your world, if anything? Well, I think um, I think soulmate, I do believe that there can be a soulmate. 
um, not everybody gets a soulmate. And I think you can have multiple soulmates. Mm. Um, and I think it depends on the individual. Um, and, you know, because there's, there's a lot of people that are, that romanticize about love as well. Mm. Like, romanticizes what it could be. And they set very high expectations. And really love is where, gosh, real love is when you guys have been through the ditch together. I mean, you've been through the worst mm. and you come out on the other side. I mean, you've been tested, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's that romantic and, oh, he's so cute. I can't, oh my gosh. You know, I mean, there, there's that honeymoon state, right? That mm. euphoric state doesn't last long. Right. And if you make a lot of decisions based on that, you're going to be sorely, I think, surprised. But it really, I think, really great love is when you've really been tested, a lot of trials, and you've learned how to really communicate and support each other. And, um, and, and I think it's glorious. I mean, my parents had it, and I was, as a child, you know, that's what I expected. Right. That's what I wanted, mm. what I saw what my parents had. But, um, but, you know, it's romantic is, you know, I mean, I think romances <clears throat> can be defined differently by everybody. But sometimes I think women have been sold or have gotten so hung up on romantic and romance to the point that it's um, not as healthy as it should be. Because, you know, the more the most important thing is the self-love. And yeah. if you've got the self-love, everything else will fall into place. If you think you're going to find love, from somebody else and that's going to change your world it won't so you have to be extremely you know happy with yourself and love who you are all all of it not just parts of it but all of it yeah because the real love and this is the interesting thing people get really mixed up about what love is love is in the giving mm. it's not in the receiving absolutely yeah absolutely that's uh, that's a beautiful segue, um, listeners. What what Mary's just said there, because what I wanted to say was, I think it's Tony Robbins. He had this this concept, uh, this saying that so many people waste their lives, and he did actually use the the phraseology "waste their lives" searching for the perfect love. It does not exist. You create it between you. And from that mirror, I, I actually then created this concept called a love box. So two people in between, in the middle of them, have this, like, call it a shoe box. It's a shoe box. And imagine if it's, let's, let's start off with the tangible. So imagine if we put as partners, I don't know, $100 in there every week. Okay. And then after a year, there'd be $5,000 each. So there'd be $10,000 in there after a year. And then after the honeymoon period that you allude to, one partner starts taking out of the love box more than the other. And he or she keeps taking out, keeps taking out, keeps taking out. And then there's no, there's no cash left in the love box. So what happens then is either one goes to the metaphoric bank to borrow more. And soon finds themselves bankrupt because they're borrowing what they can't afford to borrow. Now, that's in a financial, tangible sense. Surely the same principle applies in emotions. So we've got this love box 
where we're investing, we're investing, we're investing. All of a sudden, this love box is, is full of emotion. By the way, the love box in an emotional sense is called the heart. Mm. And then what we do then, the honeymoon period, we stop investing, we get complacent, we stop, we start taking each other for granted. Oh, you know what? There's somebody at work that's turned my head a little bit, and I won't be coming home uh, for tea. Uh, put it in, put it in the oven. I'll be home later, and you know these slippery roads and and all that kind of thing. That leaves us then emotionally bankrupt because we're taking out and we're taking out, and that's why I love Robins's. Most people spend and waste their lives searching for the perfect love. Those that find it are those that keep giving, giving, giving and giving. And that's very true, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Mm. So. So from that uh, love filled thread of conversation, Mary, let's flip back to. That's that that phrase born for the love of humanity. And you shared a few minutes ago, a few moments ago, that very graphic example of, you know, those young lives, those young souls being taken. Um, I mean, you know, the greatest love, as you say, is the self-love. But then to kind of, I don't know if channel is even the right word, but to, to direct it, to give it in a, in a way or in a direction that's really needed. That's, is, is, that's very powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. 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 I mean, love transcends everything. It really does. And um, I mean, you can, you can see it like, even if you walk on the street and you smile and say hello to a stranger, mm. you've made their day. Yeah. Just that little simple gesture. And that's a gesture yeah. of love to a total yeah. stranger. But what's really cool is that sometimes people are strangers, but then we come to find out that we're connected. Mm. That happens all the time. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling mm. sometimes. But when you talk about six degrees of separation of everybody, I mean, it's probably less like, you know, three and two sometimes. Mm. So it's um, you have to remember that, you know, even though we're different genders, different colors, different religions, we're all related. Yeah. I, mean, I love the way that animals take care of each other. I mean, they don't care what species they are. You know, I, I saw a little documentary about a, an alligator who used to go back to a duck because the duck bird, bird, you know, sat on his egg when he was in the egg or whatever. And so he still looks at the duck as his mother, you know. Wow. And I think those are just really great things when you see the kindness that animals have for each other. I'm thinking, gosh, we as human beings, we're not that way. You know, I can't say that for everybody, but there's a majority that is very, um, you know, uh, uh, very focused on themselves only. And I think when people start to realize that the real love is the love that you give and the, and if you want to find um, the happiness of whatever it is that you do in life, it's, it's like finding your passion and, and then giving it away. You know, teach people who are, and, and sometimes it's like the worst pain you've ever been through, right? There's lessons in that. Every time you, you know, if you're in a tough spot, you're upset, there's a lesson and you got to pay attention. And, um, and then, then, you know, when you learn how to resolve it or get through it or whatever, that's, that's a lot of experience that's really valuable to a lot of people. 
And mm-hmm. so when you start to give that away and help, gosh, you know, the doors open for you. I mean, just a lot of things are very easily taken care of for you. But we are our own worst enemy, you know, our mind, right? We don't manage our mind very well. We say bad stuff about ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We say bad stuff about other people. And that creates hate, that creates anger, hostility. And if we started to, to treat ourselves with respect and we had positive thoughts, we thought about things that were things that we wanted to do, people that we wanted to be with, you know, um, things that excited us, um, things that we want to get engaged with. When we focus on the positive, then it's, it's kind of like when you do your gratitude every single day, you're rewiring your bank brain. You're getting your brain to think more positively. People don't understand that. They think it's all hocus pocus, but the mind is the most amazing computer on your body. I mean, you can heal yourself, right? There's a lot of things that you can do with your mind. Um, it's extremely powerful. And so we need to spend time to, to use it properly because if it gets out of control, ooh, it's ugly. I've been there. <laughs> mm, yes. I just want to step, uh, take a backward, uh, not a backward step, but step backwards, Mary, on something you said. And, and, and what flashed through my mind then was the quote when you, um, and I'm sure, I'm sure it was Picasso, um, you know, that said about, um, you know, the, the purpose of life is to find your purpose and then give it away. And then what kind of also flashed through my mind is another one of Picasso's sayings where, He said uh, the the skill, and I'm paraphrasing now, listeners, but the skill of a true artist is to learn all the rules and then break them. And I kind of just wonder if there's any kind of relationship or parallel between those two on the surface of it, Mary, very diverse opposing statements from the great artists. But actually, I personally don't feel there is, you know, so we find our purpose and then we give it away. And then, yeah. you know, we learn all the rules, we play by the rules, and then we break them all. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, rules are, are not hard and fast. And, you know, it's, uh, I remember telling my goddaughter at one point, um, you know, like, back in the day, I mean, we were uh, in the 40s, 60s, I mean, it's still suffering with race today, right? So, you know, and, and there's things that we taboo about, right? Like marijuana was really taboo or gay people were really taboo. Mm. And now, you know, gay people are getting married and, and, and marijuana is getting, you know, legalized. And I, w- I always tell my goddaughter of, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening today. that doesn't mean it's right, mm. but, you know, look at things with an open mind, right? Because maybe they're not the right rules. And not, it's not like you're going to be a rule breaker, but, you know, let's spend them a bit. Let's see what's, I mean, what is the right thing to do? Because we're talking about humanity, right? I mean, that mm. still blows my mind that we have race issues, right? It still blows my mind that we are, you know, we're prejudiced of somebody because they're, you know, they're German or we're prejudiced of somebody because they're Chinese or because they're Jewish. I mean, it's just all stupid. It's so stupid on so many levels. I mean, we're, you know, I, I was thinking the other day, the two words I hate the most is minority and refugee. And so I came up with a grand plan, get every religion, nationality, gender, uh, race, bring them all together and build homes for all the refugees. So then the refugees wouldn't be refugees anymore because they have a home. 
and then there wouldn't be any minorities because everybody worked together. So there are no minorities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My yeah. brain just kind of goes out there sometimes. So yeah. <laughs> bear with no, me. I, I get it. I get it. And that's that creative expression, isn't it? That we kind of alluded to, or you alluded to, Mary, at the top of this conversation that, you know, what Richard Gerber, the World Game Changes president, calls that childlike curiosity. And we kind of lose that, don't we, as we get older, because we're expected to conform, you know, and you know, big boys don't cry and nice girls don't do that and all these kind of things that shape us, particularly through our formative years. And, and we lose that ability to just jump up and down in a puggle, sit in a puggle. You know, um, I swear next time it's raining and I'll be in the middle of a high street, I'm just going to sit in a puggle. Um, you know, maybe the men with the white coats might come and take me, but so be it. Uh, you know, just why? Because... Because we can, but we kind of we've lost that that I'm going to say noble art of just being childlike and curious and enjoying life and what I call kissing the sun and touching the moon. Who cares? And all this, you know, should have, would have, could have, and and all that kind of stuff. Um, on that note of creativity, Mary, what's your? And we've you know we've spoke about love generally. Um, you know, that word passion is usually synonymous with love. And listeners, you probably know what's coming because, you know, we're really starting to home in on something that's very close to my heart. Music. What what part does music play in your world, Mary? Boy, it used to play a bigger part when I was younger. I've noticed that as I've gotten older, I'm, I'm instead of playing music, I have a tendency to watch the news. Um, I, I don't like it, actually. I don't like watching the news, um, but I, I, I'm afraid to not be informed and in what's going on. So, um, but I think music is, um, it's, uh, it's like songs. It's just, uh, I don't even know if I can define it. Um, I would put it in the same category as, you know, walking in the dawn of day with the sun rising and the, breeze blown on my face it, it falls mm. in those categories of love for me um you know it just uh, it addresses your feelings your emotions um and it's uh you know and i like all kinds of music um actually um but yeah i i, I should listen to it more i sometimes get you know wound up on the computer and trying to get you know meetings done and you know, events put together. So I get, I get, I work too much. I can mm. say I can work too much, but it's the passion. It's because I believe in what I'm doing. Mm. I mean, I'll wake up at 3 a.m. thinking, oh, I, I, I didn't do that. I need to do this. That's horrible. It really is. So I, mm. I mean, this is why I get up early in the morning to walk and do my gratitude and meditate because I, you know, I need to rest. Mm. So it could be, Mary, then in uh, in the not too distant future, I'll ring you at three o'clock in the morning and say, Mary, forget all that stuff. Let's sing a song, girl. Let's do a duet. There'll only be me and you singing, but the universe in her own infinite way. She'll she'll listen. She'll hear. So, um, yeah, <laughs> just just watch this space on that one. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I'll bust out the song real easy. I don't know. I, I do like I sing in the shower all the time, but, you know. <laughs> yeah the um okay so 
get moving on to um, something yet again that you said at the top of this conversation around, you know, we don't really know, um, you know, kind of where we're going, so to speak. And, and, I, and I get that because when we live in the moment, I get that. And obviously I came back with that and said, well, what about setting strong intentions? That takes us down, I think, a general road. We, we never completely know. And this is why detachment's so on it, so important, isn't it? So, you know, what I do, listeners, you, yet again, you've heard me say this so many times, but I set an intention, I devise a strategy around it, I take the action, and then what do I do? I let go of it completely, completely, because there's no expectation then. Um, and I've, I've created the energy around going in a certain direction. But I mention all that, Mary, because I know and I want to dive more into this, the amazing work that you do, the absolutely amazing work. Is it is it egotistical? Is it unfair uh, to, you know, to to make statements, self-affirmations of I am going to contribute massively to a better world? I am going to change the world, some people say. You know, what's your thoughts around that? Because, as you say, none of us truly know the outcome, but it doesn't stop us trying, though, does it? No, it doesn't. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, if there is something that you believe in and it's important to you, right, then you just speak it, right? And you stay focused on it. And every time you speak, you get a little clearer. It's really important to do it out loud and also to write it down. Um, I remember I wrote down in year 2000 that I was going to help women and children all over the world. And I knew how and what because of what I had been through in, 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 uh, in my career as a woman. So, um, and I think th that only women can understand this. I don't think men can really relate to this, but you're a second class citizen. You're not, you're not valued. Your ideas are not important. Um, you're just a woman. I mean, I've had things like you're, you've got enough money for a woman. I mean, it's like, what does that mean? Right. So, but no, it's, um, but I think when you put it out there, anything that you want or desire that you do it with the intentions of continuing down that thought and, and getting clear on it. Now the universe is going to make it happen for you. Maybe not exactly the way that, that you want it, but it's what, it's what they want from you. Right. Mm. So you're, mm. you're here to serve. We're here to serve. Yeah. And, and so, you know, my vision of what I think could happen might not really happen. It might be something else. Mm. And, you know, I know that when I play, I like to play big. So, you know, shoot for the stars. And you'll so, land <laughs> yeah. Um, so that playing big then Mary, tell us, tell us what that looks like. Let's start to get a little bit more specific now around you know, and I've already coined the phrase, the amazing work. You know, I've had the benefit stroke privilege of listening to you on more than one occasion. So I've had a peek behind the scenes, so to speak. You just, um, and I know you are a very humble, modest lady, um, but, you know, share with us, Mary, share with us what the vision is. You know, when you take that last breath, which is hopefully decades and decades and decades away. And, so. Yeah. And you look back, I mean, you know, what, what does it all look like? What was it all about? Well, so after I left corporate America, I decided I was going to take a couple of years off and figure out what do I, where, where do I really want to go? I've been doing tech all my life mm -hmm. and very hard for women in corporate America with tech. And so, um, and I had, I had all the razor blade cuts, so I was a little done. 
And, um, and so I, I met this interesting woman in, in Portugal and she was starting a female organization. She said, why don't you come join us? And I said, well, you know, there's a lot of them. I don't know. And then she said, well, we're going to build a city. And I looked at her and I said, you're going to build a city? I said, if you build a city in honor of women, I said, I will help. That's, that's big. That's what we need to do, right? Because mm. there's so much talk. There's so much talk. And the action is like pathetic. I mean, there's only like 1% funding that goes to women entrepreneurs. I mean, that's a nothing. And yet we're 51% of the global population. Whew. That's a bit scary when you think half of the world population is not contributing in a way that we need to. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really important is that women lead very differently than men. So men are great when it comes to ROI and war and, you know, making money and power and all that kind of stuff. But women have a very uh, high EQ and empathy in regards to what's good for the family, what's good for the kids, what's good for the planet, what's good for the community. We think long-term, we still have great ROI. And it's been proven that a lot of females who run some companies and businesses have been extremely successful, but Mm. it's hard. It's hard to get invested in, right? So um, Hera, the Light of Women is... um, it's a nonprofit organization, NGO. We are building a city for the future of humanity, for all genders, all religions, all nationalities, and in honor of women around the world. So it'll be a smart green city. It won't have tall high rises with company names all over them. It's really going to be very different. Future of humanity, what is that? It's healthy, it's green, it's focused on humanity, right? So hasn't been defined yet. We got a lot of work to do, um, but we have 25,000 acres of land to build the city, which is a lot. That's about double the size of Lisbon. And um, the important thing is that this will, our goal is to get more women leaders around the world a seat at the table. So who knows, maybe things like COVID and this war wouldn't happen, but we have to do something. We are not in balance. We are totally out of balance. And we need the other 50% of the global population contributing. They're smart. There's a lot of smart women, but nobody knows them. Nobody gives them a chance. And so that's why this city is utterly important. It'll be a big visit card for the world. Um, We'd like for women to come. Uh, We've got a number of different projects that are happening all over the world. We've got these ambassadors in, in many countries who are doing great things to help women in their, in their, in their country whether it's human trafficking, getting into the homes, you know, helping to stop uh, wartime rape. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on. Um, and we have a number of other different projects, the perfume. Uh, we've, we've actually got two of them. And we are, uh, you know, from the sale of the perfume, uh, the proceeds will go to female entrepreneurs. Um, we're working on uh, female soccer tournaments, women's sports. We have a woman golf circuit going on. So we're going to have a lot of, we feel that sports is really important for women, uh, for discipline, for team building, for all kinds of things, leadership perspective. Um, and then um, and then I started Hera Media Group, which is going to be the voice for all things Hera. So we'll be uh, telling the stories of when the city's being built, what kind of technologies will be there. We're talking to female empowerment. You know, we've got a talk show. Um, we have a big project um, to make a TV series 
the script is done and we're working on the pilot and the TV series is basically the Greta Thornburgs of the world who save the planet and build Harris City. So um, can very easily put into a Marvel movie as well, but we want to start with the TV series and then some gaming. So all the proceeds will go to Harris City. Mm. Um, and then the other thing is that we'll spend uh, time and energy to educate people on things that they can do to improve humanity and the planet. You know, when people do good things, they feel better. And when people feel better, they're happier. And they're also, they're kinder. I mean, it's like we have to get back to the basics, you know? And, and if everybody had 10 habits, 10 habits that made a difference in humanity and the planet, it would make a huge change because the government's not gonna save us. If people think the government's gonna do anything, they're not. Most of them are corrupt. So we really, the power is in the people. And there's a lot of people on this planet. And if everybody just picked up 10, 10 little habits, we can make a big difference. So mm. that's the other thing is that we're going to edu educate people on, on uh, good things for humanity and the planet so that they can all start taking action. I interviewed these two little girls, 17. One's from Denver and one's from Uganda. They get together and they have created remote schools for the little girls in Uganda who can't go to primary school because they got to get firewood and they have to take care of the house. Little girls. And these two 17-year-olds. So that's the thing. There's a lot of really great kids that are doing great stuff out of there. Mm. And just think of all the people that are sitting around watching TV 24-7. I mean, what is that? Yeah. Um, so I, I think um I think I think we can change this world, improve it, you know, both from the humanity and the planet perspective. Those are two big audacious goals. But we can mm. combine them and we can get it done. And I think the women, I think the women are going to be instrumental in making this happen. Wow. Where do we go from there, listeners? Where do we go from there? I mean, I suppose on a more personal note, um, to kind of answer my own question, Mary, where do we go from there? Um, you know, in our sort of uh, private conversations, for want of a better word, uh, should I say our, our off air? Um, and yeah, maybe private conversations. You know, we've spoken, haven't we, around my kind of love and respect for womankind. I So I'm going to ask you a question. Is there room for um, for males to get involved in these very uh, female-focused initiatives? And, and initiatives doesn't even scratch the surface. But, you know, is, is there scope, for, you know, for people, well, for me to get involved? Because I'm so inspired and I really do believe in you know, everything that you've said there about the way our young people get a raw deal. You know, if I had a pound or a euro or a dollar for every time, oh, the young ones nowadays, they've got no respect. Well, hang on. That's a two way street. Have you ever sat down with that young person and asked why, you know, he or she's kind of, you know, and, and have you not ever done anything that's on towards when you was younger? Have you never made mistakes? I think it's called learning. There aren't mistakes. It's called learning. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've hmm. made a lot of mistakes. I've been bullied a lot too. Um, but there was learnings in all of it. Yeah. And sometimes I got it and sometimes I missed it. And it's like, if you don't get it, it'll come back around. You know, it's like, yeah. if you don't figure it out and it, like people say, I don't know what it is. I'm a magnet for this. I'm like, because you haven't learned the lesson. 
you're drawing it in. You teach people how to treat you. And so, you know, that's really important lesson. I mean, there's, there's so many basic things that we don't teach in the education school system that are so vital for them to be really, you know, um, authentic human beings. There's, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, we put them through school and, you know, memorize this, memorize this and you're out. Now you got to go figure out everything on your own. There's a lot more that we could do in the education system in regards to teaching about finances and, you know, relationships, and there's a lot of things that could be shared. But, um, you know, there's just the certain basic, you know, principles, laws of the universe, you know, the laws in the Bible, you know, like, you know, don't, don't steal, don't kill, right? And, and this killing, you know, I'm just, I feel like I, I, I couldn't even kill a bug. I don't know how anybody could kill a human being Mm. and, and live with themselves. You know, I, it'd be like a mental prison, you know, to, if, if I ever did something like that. So I don't understand. I don't understand war and I don't understand killing. I can't even relate or fathom or understand it. I always feel like when communications break down, that you, you have to fix it, right? I mean, at the very basic level, there's just sometimes people interpret something to be totally different than what it is. And then it just blows out of control and who knows i mean i mean there could be something really stupid that putin wants <laughs> that we could give him that would make him so happy right i mean but it, you, ha- you have to communicate and that's why i feel so strongly about the peace talks trying to get them something done on that we're working on that as a matter of fact with peace 2000 but it's um you know it's you know everybody has a personal agenda everybody has something that they want or they dream or whatever and it's when you're really spending time with people and listening to them, right? Really listening, not, not letting your brain race about what am I going to do next, right? I mean, really listen. You can start to hear. You can uncover what the real desires are. And then, you know, you figure out a way how to resolve it for, for both sides. We don't do enough of that. We're so fast. We're so furious. We want to push our way through and make it, well, this is what I want. Da, da, da. But did it ever occur to you that what they want might even be something that you want too? You just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. So it, it really takes, it takes some good conversation and authentic, authenticity, authenticity, authentic, right? It's really important to be very authentic in everything that you do. It's who you are. You're the only person on the planet like this. I mean, there's not another person like Mary Pagano on the planet. The planet should be grateful for that. But I'm just saying that we, we all are a gift. We all are a gift and we all have yeah. a purpose here. And, and I'm really glad you've kind of brought it into that purpose. So as we start to, to draw towards um, a close here, Mary, on that purpose note. So in terms of yourself, um, in fact, let's generalize it. Um, do you feel that people eventually fall into their purpose or is it some you know when I was a kid I can remember you know doctors teachers nurses they and farmers I never quite understood where the farmer bit come from but they found their vocation it was a calling um you know a way of being a life um a life for them a purpose if you will in terms of yourself Mary more specifically and then generally at the same time you know do it how, how do we find our purpose is it something we stumble into eventually 
you know, what's your thoughts around that? Because it causes so much confusion. You know, they see that much stuff out there around, oh, you know, find your purpose, live a purposeful life. And, you know, yet again, if I had a euro for every time, but Paul, but where do we even start? How did it come around for you, Mary? Yeah, so mine, you know, uh, you know it's, it's interesting because I, my whole career was spent on proving myself right, which was not good, right? I had, I had been bullied so much that I wanted to prove everybody wrong. And so hence I got into tech and my goal was to, you know, make some good money. That wasn't the right direction for me. It wasn't. And I struggled through it. Right. Because it really wasn't my purpose, but it was, it was a thing of survival for me. I'll show you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and after I left and I just traveled, I just kept my eyes open. I tried different things. I went to different places. I met new people. And then I stumbled into it. Then all of a sudden, somebody talked about something they were doing. I go, oh, I can help with that. You know, like I, I was willing to do it for free. You know, that that's how important it was. And, and so you'll feel it, you know, you'll sense it. And if you, and if you focus on all the things that at least interest you, that get you closer to what you think you want, they all contribute to where you eventually end up and nothing is wasted. You never wasted any time on anything. There was something to be learned from that and something gained. You know, I could probably tell you how much I complained about taking a typing class in high school. Little did I know that stupid little class was one of the best courses I took because mm. it helped me with the internet, but I didn't know that. I just knew I didn't want to be a secretary. That's why I didn't want to take typing. I was angry about it, you know? So it's, it's interesting, but everything that you do will eventually give you new skills and new ideas and new things. I mean, try everything on, you know, I was a kid, my mom, we did tap and ballet and swim team and art. And, you know, we did it all. And I, my parents were artists, really. I mean, they were, I was exposed to a lot. And so from that, I was able to get clear on things like, I couldn't wait to drop piano so I could join the swim team. I mean, that was like, whew, okay, that's you know, best life ever, right? When you have those kind of moments, right? You know, you you gain from it. It doesn't mean it's the only thing that you're ever going to do. And I think that people need to recognize that your all skills are transferable. And there isn't anything that you can't do. You just got to read up on it, try it, and then just start taking action. And then before you know it, you become an expert. If you love it enough, you'll spend time at it and you'll become an expert. So, you know, dream as big as you want. Just do it. You know, just dream it. Dream about it. You know, put a vision board together. Write it down. I mean, I have a book this thick of, of all my dreams. And I just, you know, if I think it, I like it, I jot it down. And then you'll find out where it takes you. But, you know. I, you know, I hope everybody finds their passion and it, it, some people can find it at 10. Some people don't find it until 70. It's okay. Mm. I want to ask you one big question as, as uh, right at the end, Mira, before, just park that thought for a moment. Um, before I do that, <coughs> um, if I can invite you in to share your contact details, how people can find out more about you, 
the Hera Media Group, Hera itself, the Light of Women. How do people reach out to you? Most people reach out to me through LinkedIn. Probably the best way to find me. Because um, my email is is crazy. It's stupid. I don't, I hate going there. I think if every, anybody I bought anything from sends me email. So it's like, you know, all the best filters I have still don't work. So I'll lose stuff there. Um, so LinkedIn is probably the best way to do it. You can find me, Mary, Mary Pagano. Um, I'm also, uh, you can find me at, at, uh, heracity.org and also heramediagroup.com. So those are the those are the three best ways to find me. Superb, thank you. So, as we drum roll, listeners, you've heard this yet again so many times, and I wanna, I'm going to put Mary on the spot. So imagine we've just met Mary in a hotel reception room, uh, hotel reception, and we're going up to the next floor. And you know we've had a chat like this, and it's been fascinating. So we get into the lift, and and I know that when we get to the next floor, which is going to take thirty seconds to go to the next level. And I know that when we get to that next level, you're going to go left and I'm going to go right. And we're probably never, ever going to see each other again, ever. And I'm, you know, I'm getting in the lift and we've had this fantastic chat. And I say, Mary, thank you so much for what you've shared. Uh, but in the time that this elevator takes to get to the next level, 30 seconds, Give me something to take out into the world so I can spread that message. In 30 seconds, Mary, what would that be? Well, I have two sayings that are really important to me. And that one was Pablo Picasso that you said before, right? Find your passion and then give it away, right? That, that talks about your life purpose and your passion right there, which is the two biggest things that, that uh, you know, bring us to the planet. And the other one I like is that if you've ever watched The Wizard of Oz, Glenda, Glenda the Good Witch, she says, you had the power all along, my dear. Mm. And that's, that's the very truth. We all have everything that we need. There's nothing missing. We don't need to find it in anybody else. We have everything that we need. We just got to use it. Beautiful. Mary, thank you so much. Thank you. This is a good conversation. Well, we've certainly been over the uh, proverbial metaphoric dance floor, haven't we? We started off <laughs> yeah. with, um, you know, the theme of love. And I would argue, well, not argue, but I would suggest, Mary, that we actually continued that theme of love uh, in terms of the stuff that we spoke about. Uh, listeners, you have the last thoughts on that. You, you ruminate on what this conversation, this dance between Mary and I, this exchange of energy, this exchange of love, if you will, what it's meant to you. And I'm going to close it there by, by saying, as I always do, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?